0: Welcome everyone to From the Preacher Study. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. My colleague and partner in this endeavor is Kevin Clark. Uh, And um, uh, we're coming to you from the study here at the the Mm -hmm. church building at at Oak Mountain. We've been doing this for quite some time, working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. At the present time, we're in chapter five. We're just going Mm -hmm. passage by passage. And so we're going to continue that tonight. We appreciate everybody tuning in and our regular... Listeners and, and those who watch uh, on a regular basis. And if you're watching for the first time, we're really glad that you are. And it would encourage you to uh, to listen very carefully and closely and uh, with the Scriptures in mind. And we're going to try to just uh, dwell on those and uh, see what they have to say for us. If you enjoy what we're doing, tell others about it. And hopefully we can reach a lot of people Amen. through this endeavor we get good encouragement, mm-hmm, good comments from people. Uh, people email mm-hmm. us or send us something uh, on uh, through uh, e- uh, email or uh, F- Facebook or something mm-hmm. like that. Right, And we, we get those, and it's really very encouraging. We appreciate it a great deal, and uh, glad that you're with us today. Kevin, any introductory remarks?
1: Yeah, I think it's always uh, wonderful to sit at the feet of Jesus, which is what we've been doing as Jesus teaches very fundamental Um, information about what does it mean to be a part of his kingdom and gets to the heart of the matter in terms of our spirit and our attitude, our demeanor, our disposition. As we've said many times in these podcasts, if you get that right, if you get your attitude towards God in the right place, you get your attitude towards a fellow man in the right place, all these other things, the particulars, the details fall into place. And so he's getting some very fundamental things about who we are and how we approach the world. So I think it's been exciting to, to sit at his feet and listen and learn these things and, and apply them to our lives. We really hope that not only that Bob and I um, apply these to our lives, but also that all the listeners will take these principles and ask themselves, you know, where do I stack up? You know, it's almost like mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. If you're already Christian, Take regular spiritual inventory Mm -hmm. of yourself using teaching like this. We should do that with the entirety of the Bible, but certainly when it comes to this kind of teaching. Of course, we're very thankful for this format, and it's made possible by two of our deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. We're very thankful for them and their talents and abilities. They've been with us from the very beginning. And we've been blessed by them. We thank their families for giving them up to us for the period of time that they have to prepare and to make this possible. And we're so very thankful. One of these days, I think we're going to try to get them on screen. I want everybody to see that. That's right. That's a good idea. it may not be this day. (laughs) (laughs) They're rolling their eyes over there. (laughs) We've worked
0: our way through uh, the Sermon on the Mount, through the Beatitudes, talked about being salt and light in our lives. Jesus makes the statement in verse 20 that Mm -hmm. your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. And then he gives, I think, several examples by way of application of that principle. And so we've talked about controlling our anger. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a tendency to let our anger get away from us, and then we say things that we shouldn't say. So he addresses that. He says you need to not only control your tongue, control your eyes as well. And so in verse 27 and 28, he talks about um, controlling our eyes, that those who would look on a woman uh, to lust after her has committed adultery already, and so, and so these are fundamental things, aren't they? Get your attitude right, right. Yeah. control your emotions, mm-hmm. control your eyes and your thoughts, right. and 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 that's the first step, and then mm-hmm. other things follow. Right. He segues in verse thirty-one uh, to say this in verse again, verse thirty-one. It was said. Whoever sends away his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery." I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, mm-hmm. and whatever version you read from uh, is likely to read a little differently from that. Right. But uh, anyway, it, it, it just strikes me when we think about this particular passage, how Jesus doesn't avoid controversial Mm -hmm. questions. Jesus doesn't avoid difficult teaching. He's certainly willing to take that on if necessary and speak directly about it and speak plainly about Mm it. I was reminded of this statement over in John chapter 6 after Jesus had spent some time with disciples and uh, some time teaching, verse 60, Many of His disciples, when they heard this said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? And Jesus, conscious that His disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble and so Mm -hmm. forth? And so people recognize Jesus teaches some difficult things. Verse 66, as a result of this, many of His disciples withdrew and were not walking with Him anymore. And so uh, it's... T- teaching what Jesus taught is not always an easy thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, sometimes it's a difficult thing. It's challenging. It's, it's controversial. It affects people's lives in a profound way. And this is an example of that. When Jesus takes on the ma- matter of marriage and divorce and remarriage, that, that affects people's lives in a very profound way, very powerful way, significant way. And yet he does it. He doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't avoid it. And, and as disciples... Uh, That's our responsibility Mm -hmm. as well if we take on that task of teaching, teaching what Jesus taught bringing His message to the people, well, we have to do that as well.
1: Absolutely. I was so reminded when you talked about Jesus teaching difficult things, something similar over in Matthew chapter 15, you know, after the scribes and Pharisees had criticized Jesus' disciples because they were uh, not washing their hands for eating bread. And of course, Jesus just takes that on and really blasts them for how they had reduced the teaching of God about honoring your father and your mother into something that was the commandment of men. And after that very uh, direct teaching from Jesus about their hypocrisy, uh, the disciples say in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 15, then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? (laughs) And Jesus, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted, let them alone. There are blind leaders of the blind. If the blind leads the blind, both fall into a ditch. As you said, he didn't shrink away from Mm -hmm. saying hard sayings about things that needed to be taught. Right."
0: So let's take a look at uh, this passage, Matthew 5, 31 and 32. Uh, It was said, whoever sends away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorce. And so, you know, the Old Testament, the old law, the law of Moses, addressed the matter of divorce in Deuteronomy chapter 24. Mm -hmm. This is not an exact quotation from that, but imagine this was the standard practice and standard view. If you send away your wife, give her a certificate of divorce and, and send her away. The point I really want to bring out is in verse 32, mm-hmm. what Jesus teaches is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've heard that it was said this, it might mm-hmm. be standard teaching, mm-hmm. but but I say something different from that. Right. And it's, uh, he says again, verse 32, whoever divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity makes her commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman or someone who's put away uh, commits adultery. Now that's difficult teaching. It is. Mm-hmm. It, it affects a lot of people. Uh, we've we've all talked to people who seem interested in the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, re- receptive. Uh, looks like they're moving toward becoming disciples themselves, and then they come across some a teaching like this, or right. this teaching maybe in other places, other passages, and they put the brakes on, and maybe like John six, you know, they don't follow anymore right. because they're just simply unwilling to accept this. Their lives might be contrary mm-hmm. uh, to this. And uh, they may be in a situation contrary to this, and uh, you know it just it it affects them, right. and that's um, unfortunate. Uh, it's it's a passage, it's an idea that's widely avoided in our world mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, a lot a lot of churches uh, won't teach what this says right. in the way that this this says it, right. and that's that's unfortunate. This is not the only passage where Jesus addressed the issue. There are some others. I like to kind of start in Luke chapter 18, mm-hmm. uh, and Luke 18 and verse 16. Um, wait a minute. I'm not sure. I think it's 16, 16, 18. I'm sorry about that. I said 18, 16, 16, 18. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. He who marries one who's divorced from a husband commits adultery.
1: Mm-hmm. I like to
0: start there because that's, the simple, right. that, that's a, a simple statement of what he teaches. Jesus is trying to bring marriage back to the way it was intended in right. the beginning. God right. made a man and he right. made a woman and he right. intended for those two to stay together. And, and so verse 18, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. That right. relationship is an adulterous one. Right, right. And uh, one who marries someone who's divorced from a husband commits adultery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you marry someone, God intends for you to stay exactly. with that
1: person. that's it. Uh,
0: and uh, He doesn't countenance. Divorce and remarriage, and divorce and remarriage, Mm -hmm. and divorce and remarriage. That just wasn't his design, and that's just not his intent. That's simply stated here in Luke 16 and verse 18. Mm -hmm. Any comment up to that point? Yeah, I would
1: just say, and the takeaway from that is, practically speaking, first of all, as people are contemplating marriage, regardless of age, we think about young people, but regardless of age understand the permanence of it. The same way that God intends for it to be permanent, we likewise should intend for it to be permanent. And that means a couple of things. One, it means you're a lot more careful in making that decision of whom you're going to marry. And two, it means that as you go inevitably through the problems that come in any human relationship, but especially the marriage relationship, you know one option that's not available, and that is getting out of it via divorce. You can't. You're supposed to, I know we could talk about the exception, but let's focus on the rule stay right. married. That's the purpose. And we got to work through whatever problems arise.
0: I heard somebody say one time, you know, to counseling a young young couple, and uh, uh, he, he just said, divorce is not an option. Mm-hmm. And like really, that. once you decide that, right, right. once you decide divorce is not an option, mm-hmm. well, then you're going to work, you're going to come exact. to some kind of agreement, some, some right. kind of uh, treaty between the two, right. you're going to work it out some way. That's right. If you understand, okay, we're not, we're just not going to, we're not even going to contemplate that. Right, right. That word is not in our vocabulary. Exactly, exactly. And we're, we're going to have to work this Amen. out. And so you begin to uh, think about ways you can do that, right. a give and take situation right. uh, where you can work your problems out and stay together. Absolutely. And that's what God desires from, from everyone. Amen. And especially his people. Amen. Jesus also addresses the issue in Mark chapter 10, the first mm-hmm. 12 verses, mm-hmm. Uh, And you can look at that maybe uh, on your own time. But in Matthew chapter 19, they come to Jesus, the Pharisees Mm -hmm. do, asking a question about divorce. And he says something very much like he says there in Matthew chapter 5, down in verse 9, I say Mm -hmm. to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for immorality, sexual immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. And then um, many versions also include whoever marries a divorced woman, commits mm-hmm. adultery. Now, some mm-hmm. versions uh, don't include that. It's a textual right. question, manuscript question. Mm-hmm. But that that information is found over in Luke chapter 16. Exactly. And so right. it's not altogether crucial that we right. find it there because it's found in other places. That's right. But there you talked about the exception. Well, here here's an exception. Mm-hmm. The rule is one man and one woman. However, if one of those partners is sexually unfaithful, Right. Uh, then god will permit mm-hmm. a person to put away his his husband uh, a man to put away his wife or a wife to put away her husband right. and marry again without that's adultery right. being the right. being the result of that but that's the only exception that's that we exactly find right. in scripture right right so you know like you said a moment ago we need to understand as we enter into marriage that God intends for this mm-hmm. to be permanent. Mm-hmm. This is not a casual thing right. where, I mean, in today's world, you hear about people being married, you know, sometimes a matter of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and they don't go into it <clears throat> seriously, but it's a serious thing. We need to make sure that both parties are committed to the marriage, that's right. willing to work things out and uh, to avoid the consequences that are stated here. Right. Just just to summarize, what Jesus teaches is that divorce and remarriage result in adultery, except in cases of divorce for sexual immorality, right. sexual infidelity. Anything to add there, Kevin?
1: Yeah, and, and I know we don't have time to get into all this, but earlier in that same passage, Matthew 19, uh, Jesus makes the point that you know God brings people together in marriage who have the right to be married. And he got that from Genesis chapter 2. And the point is, whatever God joins together, let not man separate. I think people forget about that. It, It really is you have the man and the woman, but you also have God involved. That's right. And I've always thought, even in my own marriage, that I take a lot of comfort in the fact of knowing my wife is first and foremost committed to God. And if right. she's first and foremost committed to God, I'm happy to come in second, third or whatever, because she's gonna do me right, right? Because she understands her relationship with her God hinges upon her ability to treat me in accordance with God's will. And that's what you want. You want somebody who understands that it's not just a matter of how you and I feel day to day and what we wanna do, but God has done this. This is a work of God. And how dare we try to undermine his work by undoing what he has done by bringing us together.
0: So, the book of Malachi, chapter two, verse yeah, fourteen, mm-hmm. refers to, you know, the woman who is your wife, your companion, and your wife by covenant. Mm-hmm. So you're entering into a covenant before God. That's right. God is joining you together, and you know, like you said, you know, their their husband and wife and God in the relationship. And as long as God is respected and God's will is respected, right. well, then things should should go well.
1: And I don't mean to way anyway suggest that that relationship is not important, it's the one flesh relationship, but we're always taught that the most important relationship a human being can have is with God. And so I think that helps us when we understand, not only do I have an obligation to my wife to keep this together, I have an obligation to the God who created right. me and whom I serve to keep this together. Right, right.
0: As we said a few minutes ago, this is a, a difficult passage mm-hmm. in some ways because it has such uh, an impact on people's lives. Right, right. And But we wanna teach what Jesus taught and teach it clearly and so that there's no misunderstanding what, what Jesus has to say. And so we tried to do that today. Let's maybe talk a little bit, just touch on, uh, just for a moment or two, what can we do to, to kind of keep things together from reaching mm-hmm. this point? Divorce, I don't know what the divorce rate is right, now, but it's right, high right. And, and it's so common What what would you suggest? Just maybe an idea or two that would avoid this.
1: one of the first things is you really have to not be a selfish person. You have to work not to be selfish because selfishness is at the root of most uh, tension in a relationship. Look out for the interests of others. Well, we know that's a Philippians 2, 4 passage and it really applies to everybody, but especially in the marriage relationship that you look out for the interest not of yourself, but what makes my wife happy? What is she like? What's for, best for her development? And if you're the wife, the same thing about the husband, asking those questions of what can I do to make them uh, more pleasing to God? What can I do to help them out? What can I do to kind of cause spiritual growth to them? I'd say that's one of the Second thing I would say, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, this idea of don't let the sun go down on your wrath. When okay. we have disagreements, uh, let's squelch them. Let's talk about it. And let's use this as our standard. Right. We can resolve any problem if we can both recognize this as the standard because God is a God of peace and if we both conform to this there's going to be peace in our home and and the ability to say I'm sorry right and say I was wrong and and, and sometimes we have too much pride to do that and pride causes detention uh, dissension it causes right. strife. So I would say those things, if we can learn to uh, look out for the interests of others, learn to appeal to the scriptures as a common standard to decide disputes and to subordinate our pride and and, and be able to say, I'm sorry, because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things we shouldn't do. And people respond well when you own that. That's right. But when you point the finger and you defend and, well, you did this and da, 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 a soft answer turns away wrath not a contentious answer yeah that just generates more wrath right
0: <laughs> how many you know how many problems in general but and, you know we're talking about marriages right and, you know how many difficult situations like that could be resolved simply by saying I'm I'm sorry right I won't do that anymore yes and that's yes, yeah, yes. And, and, and then do your best not to do it right. anymore right I couldn't help but think about first Corinthians 13 yes yeah love is patient. Love is kind, is not jealous. Right. Love doesn't brag, is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, is not provoked, doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. Right. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And love never fails. Mm-hmm. And so, like you were saying, you know, if we can learn to put others first and be right. kind right. and patient and so forth, like this passage. That's going to go a long way in our marriage being what it ought to be, and and staying together, not not getting in the situation that Jesus addresses here. Right. Well, I can see there are times up, so <laughs> it's gotten away from us pretty quickly. As always, as always, as always, you know. But times up. Appreciate everybody listening to uh, the podcast today. Hope right. we've said some things that are thought provoking and maybe make us think about how we can improve our own marriage
1: situations mm-hmm. in
0: light of what Jesus says here any final comments
1: yeah I just think we, we certainly uh, want to value marriage and do our best to keep our marriages together go into it with the idea that's permanent go into it with the idea that this is a work of God and we don't want to do anything to undermine the work of God and that one flesh relationship it's special it's the, the closest human relationship that can be had it really is closer than that between a parent or child or should be and so let's value that. And I think if we have that, that's really, we, we get into a lot of the controversy. What about this? What about that? But I remember my dad telling me a long time ago, the simple application is this, stay married. Right. Stay married. And we don't have to worry about all that's of those right. mind numbing uh, potentialities and hypotheticals. Stay married. Right. And that's Very what's pleasing good. to Very God. Good.
0: Again, we appreciate everybody listening in. Kevin, how about closing out, sure. out on a word of prayer?
1: Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for this opportunity we've had to study your word. We're always very thankful that you've, put, one, revealed your will to us. Uh, two, that we can understand it. We can read it and understand it. And three, that we can apply it in our lives. And when we do that, we live better lives, lives that have the promise of righteousness, lives that are better lives, lives that uh, are for our own good. And so we're very thankful that you've seen fit to lay before us a path. And it's the path to righteousness, the path to heaven ultimately, but also a path for a better life in this side, on this side of the grave we thank you for the teaching that we've studied today we are so impressed with the sanctity of marriage and how important a work it is Uh, ultimately your creation is your work and we participate in it that is a husband and a wife we have a right to do so and and engage in that relationship and we hope that we take away from teaching like this uh, the permanence of marriage that it is designed and intended to be permanent we need to go into it with that expectation and that in of itself uh, lends itself to that permanence because we know when not if when troubles come when stresses come when difficulties come when challenges come and they will come we know there's one option that's not on the table and that's to get out of the relationship and we know there's another options on the table and that is to, to look to your will to look to your word for how to solve these problems everything that we need to live effectively as man and wife, as husband and wife is found in your scriptures. And we'll just spend more time studying those scriptures, internalizing the teaching, shaping ourselves to be more like your son. Uh, We will be uh, more successful in our marriages. As has been said by many preachers, uh, the best thing we can do to keep our marriages together is to simply be a Christian. And of course, if both spouses are Christians, that makes it a lot easier for them to stay together and be together as they should. Uh, We hope that we'll Take this teaching to heart, but also as our brother led us in the study uh, at this point in time, that we will be bold in teaching this and other aspects of the gospel that may not be the most easiest uh, to understand or may not be the most well-received. Let us have the courage to teach the entire balance of your will, the whole counsel of, of you and not shy away from things that we know will be controversial, shy away from things we know they are going to drive some folks away. It will be difficult for them to apply. It's not our job to pick and choose what portion of the gospel to share. We must share it all or share none at all. And Please give us the courage we have as we teach and as we share to preach everything that you have for us to preach and teach to others and to do so without being ashamed because it is ultimately your will. It's your word. And even those things that are difficult, let us be like your son who showed us the example, fearless to address the truth, even in difficult circumstances and difficult teaching that we know some people are going to str- struggle with. But we need to be devoted to truth and devoted to teaching all that truth. And so let us do that. Ask that you be with the hearers of this podcast and those who've watched. And we're so very thankful that they're interested in spiritual things enough to dedicate a portion of their lives to uh, watch and and participate in this. We hope that it's been a great benefit to them, and we ask that they would uh, take that benefit and talk about it to others so that we may have uh, a wider viewership, uh, not in any way to exalt or promote ourselves, but to exalt and promote Your Word very thankful for this effort and others like it across this country and across the world where people are simply studying the Bible, teaching from the Bible, presenting the Bible. We know that it will not return into you void. It will accomplish what it was intended. And so it's our job just to plant the seed, get the word out there and let it have its way in the hearts of men. We ask that you continue to be with us, bless this podcast, bless those who help us be with uh, Jason Reed, Mark Townsend, as they assist us in this effort, be with their families, be with Bob and myself and our families as we uh, continue to labor in your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.